0: Welcome, welcome. Let me say good morning to all of you. It is good to see you all. Thank you for coming out and worshiping with us this morning. Um, When my pastoral friends ask me how church is going, I say to them, man, we're rebuilding. You know, it's like churches in general are rebuilding because people have gotten used to um, church in bed, right? They sit in bed and they have their pancakes. Or if your name is Derek Washington, you got a bowl of cereal. And... um, (laughs) You know, you're laying in the bed and you're enjoying the service, but I want to thank you all for coming out. And as we continue to invite people to come out and be a part of what God is doing. John, this is changing on me. Can we bring that down a little bit? Yeah, we want to invite them to come out and um, make sure you register every Sunday and get the word out so people can come and be a part of what God is doing in our midst. Amen. Um, You heard Pastor Derek mention April 21st, that is this Wednesday. We are going to be having a very, very important church business meeting. Um, If you have not already registered, it's going to be on Zoom. We have some important information we want to share with you, some exciting things that's happening here in the ministry, some changes we've got to go through, some visions, some financials, all that stuff. So please come um, here for yourself. Don't say what happened. Make sure you register. We're going to send out a reminder link um, later on tonight or first thing Monday to kind of remind you to make sure that you get involved And you register and be a part of that. You don't want to miss what God is doing. It's going to be 7 o'clock. You can participate in the church business meeting from the privacy of your own home. Um, So we want to thank you for um, participating with us. Also, uh, Pastor Katani is not here this morning. um, And she probably will not be here for the next few weeks. Lift her up in prayer. Uh, She is undergoing knee surgery. Um, So pray for that. That's happening first thing in the morning. And while you're praying for her, pray for me. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. Let's pray for me. Because brother don't know how to cook. Amen. I told her I'm going to go out and hire me a maid and find somebody to come in and cook and clean and do all that stuff. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so pray, pray, pray for myself. Amen. I told her I'm glad she trained Eddie well on how to cook. So, But, but pray for her um, that the surgery go well. It's first thing in the morning. Um, she sends her love and regard. And uh, most of you that know, my wife has been struggling with this for a long, long time. Every time we went on vacation, she'd have to have, I think it's called a cortisone shot or something like that, uh, to withstand the pain. So this is the beginning of process. She has to have both replaced, but she's going to begin with one. So just pray for that, that God would move and have his way, and that she doesn't ring that little bell too much, and have me doing too much. Amen. So pray for me. I'm telling y'all, pray for me. Amen. Because y'all know how this goes after a while. i might be like, listen, get it yourself. You know, <laughs> No, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Amen. But lift her up in prayer. Pastor Derek, thank you for a great word last week. Come on, show him. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Pastor D is so transparent when he stands to preach. I just want to say to you, man, I didn't get a chance to say this last week. The growth is phenomenal. It's just exciting to see the growth in your life and to see what God is doing. it's, yeah, you, yeah. He's come a long, long ways, and he's continuing to grow. So, I mean, it's, I was listening to him Sunday, and I said to myself, and I said, oh, that's what I'm talking about. That's preaching right there. So he was doing even acting like his pastor. I'm going to stand over here for the sinners, and I'm going to stand over here. See, that's my son right there, so that's good. <laughs> so I love him. Thank you. Amen. Hey, grab your Bibles. Um, there is a word I want to share with you this morning. And I just want to um, just kind of the Lord has impressed this on me as we just finished the series of Meet Me on the Cross, and and we're going to be taking a different journey, hearing and receiving from Christ this morning. So grab your Bibles and go with me to the book of Luke, chapter 24, um, and I'm going to encourage you to keep it open. Um, We're going to look at verses 13 through 32, and we'll just talk through that a little bit at a time, but I just want to, to just walk through that and allow God to move and have His way. So let's pray. Before we go into the word, and then we're going to let God move and have his way. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for you. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the preach word. We thank you for the fact that you are God and you are God alone. So, Holy Spirit, as we go into the message this morning, I am praying that you would speak through me so your people can hear. Um, You've called me to make all the adjustments I need to make, and there's always more so as we um, just in go into Scripture, speak to us through your word, God, so that we may be able to adjust and be who you would have us to be. Let me rest in you. Let me calm myself in you as we give you praise. In the name of Jesus, we pray and thank you. Amen and amen. Hey, listen, wherever you find yourself, look to the person to your left or right. If you're at home, uh, look over at the person next to you and say, them, say this to them. Say, neighbor. Always see Jesus with you. Yeah, yeah. Point to yourself now and say self. Self. Always see Jesus Jesus. with you. Amen. That's a very, very important thing. I want to kind of lay that foundation as we jump into the word this morning. But I don't know about you, but being in pastoral ministry, this happens to me a lot, and I'm sure it's happened to you. You've ever had a conversation with a person and the conversation just goes on and goes on and goes on. And then at the end of the conversation, the person walks away. And you look at your neighbor fence, and you kind of go like, who was that? Y'all ever had that happen? Come on, is it just me? Come on, y'all. You had no idea. Come on. Now, the, the, the catch about this is that they knew you. But you didn't know them. Y'all ever had that happen? I've had that. That happens to me just about every doggone week. I could be out in public. I could be somewhere. This is why, like, Eddie and Veronica, they hate going out with me because they're like, Dad, you know everybody. I said, no, I don't know everybody. Seems like a lot of people know me. I just don't know who they are, right? They'll come up and hold a conversation. And what's most embarrassing is when they say, man, we really enjoy Church Sunday. And I'm like, okay. That's an embarrassing thing, right? When a person comes up and they engage you in dialogue and conversation and you have no idea who they were. I have a story I wanna share with you. I wanna use it as an illustration for what I'm gonna talk about. I don't know if we can put this picture on the screen. I got three pictures I wanna show you all. This, this picture is, I call, what happened to my picture? Um, that picture that was just up there, hopefully will get back up there real soon. That's, I call them the Montley crew, right? That, there you go. That's the that's, that's picture of, believe it or not, that's my, a portion of my youth group when I was in church on St. Croix in the Virgin Islands. Okay? And, and that's, this, is what, this is what's left. Uh, And and this is just a small sample, and there's about 20-something of us that still kind of connect today that's part of this group. Um, The lady in the plaid shirt, her name is Debbie, right? And the guy in the black shirt, and you see all of us with our goofy cowboy hats on, his name is Oliver. We call him John. The lady next to him, that's Shirley in the pink, and the lady in the black in the middle is Lydia. Y'all say Lydia, I'm talking about Lydia in a little while, right? And the one next to her is Roslyn, And the handsome guy in the blue shirt, y'all know who that is? Amen. Yeah, hallelujah. And, and then the guy next to him is Marsley. Um, What's unique about this group is that was our youth worship team. Come on. That's, this, is, I'm not, this is a good thing. That was our youth worship team. We had a band, and the band was called the Young Messengers. Right? Messengers. So we grew up in church together. As little Stinklin, as little kids, all that stuff. And believe it or not, today, that group plus some, we still hang out together. Come on. I'm talking about the impact of what youth ministry can have. Now, the reason I, I want to show you this picture, go to the next picture. There's a couple of them. I want you all to see if they can go to the other one. This is just another picture of us. It was Oliver's birthday. Show the last one real quick. I want you all to familiarize yourself with these people. Um, that's Lydia. The next one, there should be a third one that's a little different. Um, if there's another one, if you can get to it. I want, yeah, that one right there. The lady hanging off uh, my shoulder on the end. No, that's not Katani. Um <laughs> that is Lydia okay that's Lydia. now here's the interesting about the story is we grew up together as children and it was Oliver's birthday he turned 60 and here's the interesting thing that happens that the impact this youth ministry have we fly from all over the country wherever we are to go celebrate one of our partners birthday party we did we did we went to Tampa And you can take those pictures down. And the purpose of us going to Tampa was to surprise John, or surprise Oliver, at his birthday party. Now, though we talk a lot, we don't necessarily always see each other. Now, the guys guys see each other, and then the girls, they see each other. You know, we're all married, we have families, and you kind of know how that goes. So... We got to Tampa, and we all arrived at separate times, right? Now, the whole, the whole trick was to keep Oliver in secret so he don't know that we're all in Tampa, and we're all there to celebrate his birthday party. So we get in the room, and all the guys are there, and we're kind of greeting each other, saying hi, this, that, and the other. And then some of the girls come up, and then we're saying hey, and we're hugging each other because it's been a long time. Matter of fact, for some of them, the last time we saw them was high school. So, Marcy and I, and we're sitting in a corner, we're talking, we're kind of catching up, and a couple of the girls were in the corner catching up, so on and so forth, and then Lydia, y'all remember Lydia, the lady in the black, she comes up, and she starts talking to us. So, Lydia engages us in this conversation, and then Lydia walks away, and I look at Marcy, that's the other guy, he looks at me, and we say to each other, who's that? We didn't recognize her, right? our eyes were kept from recognizing, we didn't see her. So she comes back and she engages us in conversation and she walks in and we're like, who's that, right? So I finally called Debbie over, I said, hey Deborah, hey Roslyn, come on over. And I'm saying, who's the girl? And then they said to us, that's Lydia. And we're like, whoa, that's Lydia. Why did we not recognize her? Why was our eye, were our eyes kept from recognizing our Granted, some time had elapsed so on and so forth, but, but here's a person that we spent life with. Here's a person that we grew up with. Then, as time went on, we, we reconvened and connected together, and we didn't recognize her, right? Now, I tell you that story to tell you this is the same situation we find with these two individuals that's in our text today. We've got two men that we're going to look at that found themselves in a similar predicament that I was in with my youth group where we connected and we, we call ourselves the young messengers and we did not recognize one of our own. My goodness, that's amazing. Now, look with me. Let me read with me. Look with me at verse 13 of chapter 24. I want to read through this, and I want to talk through this. Now, notice what verse 13 says. If you're there, say amen. Say amen. Let me know you're there. Here's what it says. It says in verse 13, it says of of chapter 24 of the book of Luke, it says, That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all the things that had happened. Look at verse 15. And while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. And look at verse 16. But their eyes, the Bible says, were kept from recognizing him. It seems like these two guys had... The same predicament I had in the introduction, and they ran into the same predicament I ran into when I was in Tampa, right? Lydia comes up, and she's like, and she knows my name, hey, Felix, hey, Marsley, and we're like, hey... We were kept from recognizing, right? These two guys are on the road to Emmaus. Jesus himself shows up. And the Bible says they were kept from recognizing. Now, maybe you may think that that this is a normal scenario. This is a normal situation. Everybody potentially may not have known who Jesus was. And everybody may not be able to recognize Jesus. But I want to show you some important details in the text. Because I'm gonna get ahead of myself and I'm gonna say this to you just like I've said it to myself all week don't be so hard on these guys yet. Because I'm pretty sure there's been times in your life where Jesus showed up and you didn't recognize him. I'm gonna go there, yeah. I'm pretty sure there's been times in your life, like there's been times in my life when he showed up and you didn't recognize him. Right? Look at the text, look at the text. The text says. Notice the, prox- notice the timing. That very day, okay? Y'all say very day. This is very, very important because if you want to know what day it was and what the time frame was and what the sets of circumstances that were going on, you've got to back up a little bit to chapter, two, to verse 20, chapter 24, verse 1. And notice what verse 1 of 24 says. But on the first day of the week... Early in the dawn, they went to the tomb. Come on, say they. Now, they is a pronoun, so you need to find out what the antecedent verb is, right? What's the verb that caused this pronoun to exist? So back up a little more to chapter 23, and if you back up to 23, look at verse 50, 50. It talks about this man named Joseph of Arimathea when Jesus had died, how he allowed them to bear, I'm paraphrasing real here, Jesus in the tomb. And then look at verse 55 of chapter 23. It says, the woman who had come with him from Galilee followed and saw the tomb and how his body was laid, right? So here's what the day is in verse 1 of chapter 24. The women, Mary Magdalene, Mary, those women who were walking with Jesus, they were there and notice the day, it was the first day of the week. Now why is that important? This tells me it was simply three days after Jesus had died. So this was the very day that Jesus was raised from the dead. Y'all ain't, you're not impressed yet, right? Look at verse 13. It says that very day, three days later. Come on, say three days later. One more time, say three days later. Okay, and then the text says two of them. Now, that pronoun can seem anonymous, and you can say them, them could be anybody, but, but, but these two were not just some strangers. These were not some foreigners, right? Here's I want to tell you who is, what's the noun that caused this pronoun to be birth. So here's what's happening. And go up to verse 1 again. The first of the week, early in the dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices. That's the woman. They, the women, had prepared. And they, the women, found a stone roll away from the tomb. Verse 3. But when they went in, they did not find the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 4. While they were perplexed about this, talking about the woman, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel, and they were frightened and bowed their faces um, to the ground. And the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? Look at verse 8. He is not here, he is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And then do what? The what? Come on, y'all say it out loud. The what? The third day, verse 8, and they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things, watch this, to the eleven, and then who? All the rest. rest. Now, I, I took you through that exercise to let you see real quick that the rest now is speaking about these two that we find in verse 13 that was on the road. So let me paint a picture in case you're still lost. Jesus got up from the dead very, very early in the morning, since we've been talking about the cross. He defied death and he emerged victoriously from the grave, right? And then early in the morning, Mary Magdalene and them and Mary of Salome and the mother of Jesus, they go to the tomb. I wish the cross was still here. Assume this is the grave. And they go to anoint Jesus, lock into this, and they find the tomb empty. And so they go back and they find... All of Jesus' disciples, all of them, and then they said to the 11, hey, y'all, it's been three days he got up from the grave, right? And then all the other disciples, they say the same thing to them. And then the problem with the text you're going to see in a little while, two of them now decides to leave, and they're on the road to Emmaus. They are going back home, and they had just heard the news that he got up. Don't miss this. Jesus himself shows up, and he's walking with them, and they can't recognize him. I got a problem with that because I'm not talking about folk who didn't know who he was. I'm not talking about people who had never spent time with him. I think I'm comfortable in saying these men were men who had spent three years in ministry with him, healing the sick, come on, and raising the dead, and eating off the catfish and the hot water cornbread that he would provide for them from time to time. They were benefactors of his ministry, yet only three days passes, and something happens to them that Jesus shows up, and then all of a sudden, They can't recognize him or more. Look look at verse 16. Look at what verse 16 says. Verse 16 says, verse 15. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But my Bible says, but their eyes were kept from doing what? From recognizing him. Now, what's striking about that text, going back to my friend Lydia, the last time I saw Lydia was in high school. Amen. And, and I graduated a year before Lydia, so I graduated high school. I left the island. I went to the military to begin my life. So when last time I saw her, she was a girl. Next time I seen her, she's a woman. Y'all know there's a difference, right? Hallelujah. Amen. She grew up. Amen. So when I'm like, dang, who's that? That ain't the same little... Y- y- y'all get the picture. 40 years had passed by. For these guys, it's only been... Oh, Jesus. I'm struggling as to why it is they couldn't recognize Jesus in just three days. Let's look at the text. The text says, look at verse 16. I want to talk about this because I want you to get the depth of what I'm communicating. Verse 16 says, but their eyes were what? Kept from doing what? Recognizing him. What's going on in the text? There's two nuances of that verb kept that I want to talk about real quick that I think has application to you and has application to me. Number one, that verb when it says, their eyes were kept, is written in the passive tense, right? Here's what that means. The subject is being, acted on, they weren't doing it to themselves, Right? Okay, It was written in the passive voice. And then not only that, but it was also written in the imperfective tense. Here's what that means. It's speaking about a verb that has ongoing action without no assessment of the completion of the action. I know that sounds technical, but it plays a critical role because here's what's happening. They were walking and they weren't doing it to themselves. Listen to me carefully. Something was happening that caused them not to recognize Jesus. And here's the imperfective tense of that verse. As long as that thing kept happening, they kept not seeing Jesus. I need somebody in here. You gotta get this. You've gotta get this. And, 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 and here's what, what some commentaries say. Some commentaries saying, you know, Jesus taught, Jesus explained, Jesus did stuff. And some will argue that God was the one that kept their eyes from seeing him. I'm the guy that'll probably say to you, their circumstances prevented them from recognizing Jesus. I want to say that because I want to to go somewhere with this, right? Because lock into this, based on what's happening in the text, I find that to be very, very critical and very, very important because here's that. There's two things I want to share with you this morning, just two things. Come on, say two things. That will help us to be able to always see Jesus. My problem is I don't see him all the time when he's with me, and I think that's your problem too. And I want us to flesh this out because we can be stronger and we can be all who God would have us to be. So here's the first thing. Here's what the first thing I want to share with you, right? Our present circumstance sometimes blinds us to the truth of the presence of Jesus with us. Hear me. Our present circumstance can blind us to the truth that God or Jesus is with us. Look at the text. Let me read Then Let me give you some application. Jump down, jump down to verse, what verse is that? Verse 17. Okay. Verse 17 says, let me read this. And he said to them, what is this conversation you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking, what's that? Sad. See their circumstance? Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem Who does not know the things that happened in these days? Now, let me read that again, because lock into this. It's not like he's reading and speaking and looking down. Are you the only visitors in Jerusalem? Understand what the text says. Jesus walks up and he engages them. So here's what just happened. When Jesus says, what's up? I can imagine in my mind that he picks his heads up. He looks Jesus in the face and says to him, where you been? Are you the only one here and don't know what's happening? Lock into this. He's looking at him in the face, and he still can't recognize him. My goodness. Uh, let me go, let me go, let me go. Let me read it. Verse, and, and they stood still and said, verse 18, one of them said, Are you the only visitors in Jerusalem who do not know the things that have happened here? Look at this, verse 19. And he said to him, What things? And they said, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth. They're telling Jesus about Jesus. It's only been three days. They can't see him, so they're going to tell him about himself. (laughs) And this is what they say about him. He was a prophet, a mighty man in deed and word, and all the people, of all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him look at verse 21 but we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel and yes beside this here's what they, go, they got the nerve to say this. it's been three days since all this happened number one they couldn't recognize him because they had a faulty perception of who he was y'all talked to me this morning right they had bad hopes verse 22 look at what this says moreover they says some of the women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb in the morning, same day. And when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had seen a vision of angel who said he was alive. They telling Jesus that them women. Verse 24. And some of those who were with him went to the tomb, They're talking about Peter, and found it just as the woman had said, because, but him they did not see. This is troubling to me. It's only been three days. At least with Lydia, it was 40 years. I had an excuse. They had no excuse. These were men who walked with Jesus. These were men who fellowshiped with Jesus. And what I like about the text and what was convicting to me about the text is when I read the text, and it says here in what verse was that in verse 13, that day, come on, y'all, say "that that day. Two of them were going to Emmaus. Say they were going to Emmaus. It's when I looked at that, that pronoun was troubling because the pronoun could seem anonymous if you don't put it in context. And when I first read it, I didn't put it in context. And when I saw two of them, I saw me. And I think if you put your name in the place, you could see yourself as well. Let let, let me help you all with this. That day, two of them, so I could see this. Me and Derek, or Derek and I, are leaving Emmaus and we're going home that day. Y'all don't get this. That day it could be me and Paul, Paul and I. And, and that very day we, we were leaving and we're going home and Jesus shows up and we don't recognize him. Y'all not hear me. That day could be Stephen and I, right? Is that that day we're on our way, brother Stephen, and we're walking and Jesus shows up and we can't recognize him, right? And, and what's striking about that day is that it wasn't that long ago. It was only three days. So that day could be like they just left church and we're on our way home, and we're having a conversation and there's something about the conversation that prevents us from seeing Jesus when he, I wish I had something in here. When he, ah, oh, y'all not hear me. When he shows up and the problem with me and the problem with you is I put myself in predicament and situation. Having conversations I ought not have. Doing things I ought not be doing. Behaving how I ought not behaving. Conducting myself in where way I ought not be. Conducting myself. And Jesus shows up and says, what's up? And I can't see him because of the circumstance. Talk to me this morning. They are no different than me. And they are no different than you gossiping. And Jesus is standing right there. And you can't see him because the gossip is so good. Talk to me this morning doing crazy stuff. And, and it ain't that long ago, you just left church. You just got through praying that morning. You just finished your devotion. You just got through worshiping. And that day, that day, let me go here, that instant, that very minute, our eyes get blinded because of the circumstance. And he shows up, and we can't recognize him. Ah, are you hearing me? And we can't see him. Not because of him, but because of us. And the circumstance prevents us from recognize him. That's the passive, right? Here's the imperfect verb. As long as we keep, or as long as we stay in the stuff, we'll never see him because the stuff keep blinding our eyes. Oh, I know I'm talking to somebody other than myself this morning. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Because I've been there. And I know you've been there. Girl, this is good. What's going on? Doing stuff we don't have no business doing. Come on. Sad. I mean, I've been in circumstances that's been grim. It's been dire. It's been tempting. It's been all kinds of stuff. And I know you've been there. And we get, listen to her, we say, caught up in the moment. Here's the depth of what I'm trying to communicate with you theologically God is omnipresent, there's no place where He's not. Y'all get this? There's no place where He can't go. There's no place where, excuse the grammar, he can't be. Let me help y'all understand that I'm the presence of God. I am not God. I'm a sinner just like you. But here's what this looks like. As a pastor, I do a lot of counseling. I engage people and I talk to people. So I could be sitting in my office and folk come in my office and a bad word will slip out. Here's what we say, I'm sorry, pastor, that just slipped out. And I'm like, it's okay. You're human too. But the point is, my presence causes them to repent on the spot. Last I checked, God is omnipresent. There's no place where he's not. The reason we don't repent on the spot is because we don't recognize him. (laughs) We can't see him. So we act any old way in his presence. If we knew where he was, if we could see him on the spot, our language would be different. Our behaviors would be different. We would conduct ourselves different. The reason we do it, because the circumstance blinds our eyes from recognizing him. (sighs) I need somebody in here. Does this make sense? I'm trying to tell you this morning, always see Jesus with you. It'll change everything. It'll change. It'll change everything. My week was spent in repentance, because I'm like, Lord Jesus, you were there? And he's like, yeah. You saw that? And he was like, yeah. I'm like, you heard that? Come on, say self. Always see Jesus with you. Here's the second thing. Here's the second thing. I'm almost done. Here's the second thing. The reason we don't recognize Jesus is because, number two, we know the word, but we don't believe the word enough to live it out. I'm going to say it again. We know the word, but we don't believe it enough to live it out. Where you get that, preacher? Look at the text. 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 text. Verse 25. And he said to them, oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And look at verse 27. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them all the scriptures, all the scriptures to the things, in all the scriptures, the thing concerning himself. What's bothersome to me about that is two of them. These were disciples. That was not the first time they heard Jesus preach. I am comfortable in saying, when he went up on the mountains and he taught the Beatitudes, they were there. I'm comfortable in saying, when he fed the 5,000, they were there. I'm comfortable in saying, though they may not have been invited to the upper room at the Lord's Supper, because only 12 were allowed to go in, they were still there because they were on the outside waiting. Y'all not hearing me. I am comfortable in saying that when he talked about, you see this temple, tear it down and in three days I'm going to rebuild it, they were there. They had heard him preach. They had heard him teach. Their problem, like me and like you, is they heard the word, but they did not believe it enough to live it. Where are you going with that, preacher? I would be wasting my breath if I say to you, sin is wrong. You've heard it before, but we don't believe it enough to live it. That's why we still sin. Y'all, y'all, please give after I say this, okay? (laughs) I could use tithing as an example, right? We know what the Bible says about giving. Ask yourself, how many of us in here Really give a tenth of our offerings to God. We know, see how quiet I got? We know the word, but we don't believe it enough to live it. You kind of get what I'm saying? And this is these guys. They knew what God said. Their problem was they didn't believe it enough to live it. And if I believed enough to live out what God wanted me to do, it would change my life and it would change everything about you. And we would be able to change the world. We know it. Come on, y'all. But we still do what we do. That was their problem. That was their problem. But I've got good news because I don't want to leave you with grim news this morning. My final thing I want to share with you is this to kind of encourage you in this. To always see Jesus with you, we must learn to spend time with him at the table, worshiping the Father. I'm going to read it in Scripture. Y'all remember my girl Lydia? Can y'all put that picture back up again if, if they can? I, I, I want y'all to see this thing. Let me talk about this, if, if they can. Here's Lydia. Lydia had a brother. Remember, Lydia is the girl in the black with the cowboy hat. And one of the reasons we didn't recognize Lydia, she's a flight attendant. And, you know, flight attendants, they kind of dress them up and all that good stuff. And we didn't, I didn't recognize Lydia. Lydia has a brother. You can take that down. And her brother's name is Timothy. We call him Fish, right? Um, You know, on the island, everybody has a nickname. He's probably a good swimmer. I don't know why we call him Fish, but we call him Fish. Timothy's job was to distract Oliver to keep him from coming to the place early where the party was going to take place. Timothy's challenge, however, was he was supposed to bring Oliver to the place and then get in the room and disappear so Oliver wouldn't know where he was, so the rest of us could be in the back. And as when our time came, we would come out and we'd say, surprise, one at a time, and he would see his childhood buddies. Well, Timothy came in the back, and he sees me. Felix! Excuse the grammar he up the man while I go on. That's how we say it back home. Come on, y'all. He's like, that means, hey, man, what's happening? All right? Just for you, English people. <laughs> and, and, and so we're hugging and we're greeting. And he sees Molly. What's up, bro? And we're dapping him And he sees the girls. What's up, Shirley? What's up, Deb? This, that, and the other. And then he comes back and he's talking to us dudes. And we're talking. And Lydia leaves the bunch of girls. And she comes over to Timothy and she's talking to him. And like Marsley and I, Timothy turns and looks at us and he says, who that de be? That means who's that, right? And, and we're like zipping it up and Lydia's having a conversation with Timothy, a full bled conversation. Now, just like us, he hadn't seen his sister in a while. It's deep, it's deep, it's deep. It's the island thing, leave it alone, amen. Yeah. <laughs> and, And so all the girls are over in a corner and they're watching this because they want to see how long it's going to take this dude to recognize his own sister. And so she's talking and she's talking and he can't recognize her. I kid you not, this is a true story. True story. And so Lydia's getting frustrated because you're my brother, dude. And so she says to him, hey, Timothy, how's your father doing? And he looks at me and, miss, why she asked me about my father? No, what's going on? That means, why she asked me about my father? What's happening, right? <laughs> and, 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 and I'm not saying nothing. And then something clicked when he heard the word father. And he looked at her and he says, Lydia? Her usage of the term father and the way she said it connected with him and connected him back to her. Then his eyes were open, and he recognized her. When I look at the text, all this talking Jesus did, they still didn't recognize him. All this fellowshipping Jesus did, they still didn't recognize him. And look at verse 28. So when they drew near to the village to which they were going, he being Jesus acted as if he was going further and then they urge him strongly saying, stay with us, for it is towards the evening. In other words, he's going over and he's talking to them and they still can't recognize him. He's mad. He's pretending like he's going somewhere. So they went, he went in to stay with them. Verse 30, and when he was at the table with them, let me paraphrase. He asked them, how's your father doing? He took the bread and he blessed it. And he broke it, and he gave it to them. And he says, and when they were at the table with him, their eyes were open, and they recognized him. Here's the point I want to make. If you want to always see Jesus with with you, don't ever leave the table without him. Spend time in his presence. Come on, y'all. Spend time... At the table, my problem is, I stop fellowshipping. I stop worshiping. I stop spending time at his feet, and it is in those moments when I am on the road to Emmaus that he shows up, and I can't recognize him. Here's a challenge this morning, people: be careful where we find ourselves. Be careful. Of stopping our communion with the Father. That's when we miss recognizing Jesus. There was a childhood song, and I'm done, that was so be careful, little mouth, what you say. Some of you might be too old to notice. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. For the Father up above, it's looking down in love. Oh, be careful little feet where you go. It's that. oh be careful, little hands, what you do. Come on, y'all. Oh, be careful, little hands, what you do. For the father up above, it's looking down in tender love. Oh, be careful little hands what you do. Oh, be careful, little body, what you allow. Oh be careful, little body, what you allow. For the Father up above is looking down in tender love. Oh, be careful, little body! Allow. It is when our mouth, our hands, our feet, our body, our eyes are when we allow things to create circumstances, we forget that Jesus is there, and we don't recognize Him in our midst. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. Are you hearing me? Be careful. Why? Your enemy, like a roaring lion, is going around seeking whom he may devour. His job is to create circumstances so when Jesus shows up, you won't see him. And the sad commentary is, that day, we leave church, we leave prayer, we leave, and we're on the way to something else. Jesus shows up. But the devil got there before Jesus did. But he can't because Jesus is always there. But he distracts us. Always. Always. Always see Jesus with you. Bow your heads with me. Holy Spirit, you're awesome. You're powerful. You're merciful. You're kind. Thank you for your word, God. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for who you are. Continue to open our eyes, God. Allow our eyes never to be blinded by the circumstance. Let us see you. Let us love you. Let us worship you. Forgive us for those times when we've missed you. Draw us back, Lord. Draw us back. Draw us back. We repent of those times when we've missed you, God. Thank you for being a loving God that gives us a second, third, and fourth, and fifth, and sixth chance. Thank you for those opportunities, God. Thank you for the fact that there's power in the name of Jesus to break chains, to break yokes, to break strongholds. So we love you, God. And we come to learn of you so we can love you even more. Thank you for who you are. It is in your name we pray. Take a moment. Just take a moment. Just bow in your own way and you go to God. Wherever you find yourself. If it's online, jump in that chat and say, hey... I want to know God like that. Somebody will respond and they'll pray with you, wherever you find yourself. Take a moment to do that, to give God his so that God can move and have his way. Take a moment, then we're going to close. Break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. Come on, worship team, break break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. Come on, say one more time. Break. Break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. chain. Come on. Break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. chain. Come on, stand this morning. Stand to your feet, amen. As we leave this morning, don't forget your offerings in the back. Those that are watching online, thank you for joining us. I'm going to remind you again, please make sure you go to our website, register for the business meeting on Wednesday night. It's going to be a Zoom platform. So you'll be able to ask questions. It'll just be good to see everybody in a common place. We have some great things we want to share with you. God is moving, God is doing some exciting thing. I'm excited, our board is excited. We want to be able to see you. Amen. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for worshiping us with this morning. We're going to stay in the posture of worship. Team's going to end service, but if you want to hang out, just worship. Just stay here and just worship. Just worship. Thank you for your word, God. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for how you've moved in our midst. We give this to you, God, in your name. Amen.